This episode is brought to you by Carnival Home Builders. Since I was a child, I always loved the idea of living in a big rambling mansion or stately manor with elaborate libraries, hidden passageways, and a living room you can play basketball in. But my extensive research in my elementary school library had concluded that that would be impossible unless I were suddenly and tragically orphaned. Well, Carnival Homes is here to bring you your childhood dreams on a grown-up's tight budget. They started out building funhouse gimmicks for seedy roadside carnivals and creepy circuses, but having fallen on hard times, they were forced into the dark satanic industry of investment residential real estate. But their tragedy is your boon, because no one can create curb appeal on a quarter-acre lot like they can. Oh, the joy when your family drives up to your new house for the feast days and sees that you're living in a full-scale replica of the Versailles Palace or the Vanderbilt Great Hall in your modestly priced tracked house neighborhood. And when they step inside, ooh la la. Carnival Homes uses all the architectural ingenuities they honed in their former career to make your friends look at your 1,200 square foot hovel and be convinced you've been moonlighting as a Venezuelan cartel kingpin. Using forced perspective and trick lighting, they'll turn your 10 by 10 bedroom into a spacious, classy Reno penthouse suite. And when you call, use the promo code RERED, one word, for a coupon that you can redeem at their sister company, Carnival Auto Body. They'll transform your Ford Fiesta into a souped-up Ferrari, as long as you're looking at it at just the right angle. And thank you, Carnival Home Builders, for sponsoring the Rereading Wolf podcast. This episode is brought to you by the support of generous listeners just like you. You can learn how to be one of them at patreon.com slash rereadingwolf. And thank you, listener patrons, for supporting the Rereading Wolf podcast. Warning. The following discussion is deliberately riddled with spoilers and unhinged speculation on this nearly 40-year-old book, Gene Wolfe's The Book of the New Sun. You can't read a Gene Wolfe story. You can only reread. A Gene Wolf story. Welcome to Rereading Wolf. We don't pretend that this is the first time you and we have read these books. We want to understand them in as much detail as possible, and that means considering the works as a whole. Hi, I'm James Wynn. And I'm Craig Brewer. Hey, Craig. Hello, sir. You're sounding back to normal now. Oh, well, I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I still have a, a lingering effect, and so I have a bit of a radio voice like you, but... <laughs> So yeah, well, we didn't get a lot of comments yet. I think um, I think people have gotten out of the habit of having to comment right away before we come out with the next episode because <laughs> or it's just been so long they're just not they're bored. <laughs> it's, it's been too long between episodes. We have nothing to say. We'll get to it just by, by the book summary episode. We'll have fun. So uh, well, you want to talk about the comments for uh, the last chapter? Let's see. The yep. last chapter was the closets. I have to always remind myself of that because we do things out of time here. And uh, let's see. We, we walk the corridors. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> and we had two uh, Curiosity Surfaces. Uh, yours was, gosh, it seems to make sense if Buzak were Severian in A some version light, right? of Severian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and mine was that. I feel a little itchy and wrong saying, suggesting that, but. Yeah. I, well, it's because it's it falls into the everyone is Severian theory, and that yeah, always makes you, everyone feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but, and mine was that Valeria, or that Odillo is Valeria, right? Mm-hmm. And as actually, uh, Christopher Taylor 
says, you ask, does anyone have any better idea about Valeria? Yes, I would remind you that I do. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, uh, Christopher, as a uh, Pantopsilus, posted three extensive essays on Valeria in the Gene Wolf subreddit. Uh, the Usefulness of Severia, Part 2, The Genealogy of Severia, and 3, The Valeria Train Goes On. Yeah. Which, let's admit, Valeria needs some theorizing, because otherwise she just, her appearance in the book is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. She, she requires work from the reader, right? Yeah. She, I mean, for, for all of the very reasonable uh, criticism I get for Jenga theorizing, I think in some cases we are expected to do that if we are expected to figure out anything about some yeah. aspects of this book. And Valeria is the perfect example of that. Yep, definitely. I'll put the link to Christopher's Reddit posts into the show notes. So check them out. Also in Reddit, uh, Mike Farrar. has been convinced, Greg, by my arguments that Valeria is Severian's twin. Uh, he's still working it out, but he has a grasp on all the historical contradictory theories on the from the Earth list. Uh, so he says, Severian's constantly repeated of Valeria, I have already said too much, in Earth, seems like Wolf hitting us over the head, trying to make us pay attention to their relationship. Because Severian tells us almost nothing about her ever. So all so far, all I've got is that Valeria is probably some sort of vestal virgin hidden away and awaiting the return of the true king. But in her initial meeting with Severian, she's a wolf. She's literally wrapped in furs and she silently stalks and watches Severian when he enters the atrium. I like that one, Greg. I like that. The, the the concept of of Valeria as some sort of predatory animal <laughs> watching over Severian as he wanders around in the um, atrium of time. And also, he went back to the Earthless and he notes that Dave Tallman suggested that Valeria was the original Kypris. He's not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about that one. Uh, he mentions a theory that he ascribes to Robert Borsky that Catherine is Severian and Valeria's daughter and was the woman in Earth of the New Sun in the Path of Air, surrounded by Praetorians, who was sent back in time in such an incredibly weird and convoluted, fascinating theory. Yeah, I agree with that one. And he also says, and I can't shake that interview where Wolf is asked if Valeria is the ideal love for Severian, and Wolf says flat out, no. Mike argues no, because she's his twin sister. Their marriage is very much arranged, a stage managed, like most of all Severian's journey from Ragged Apprentice to Autark to the New Sun. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, on the twin notion, too, I wonder if there's something about, is, he, is she a kybit of him? I mean, we've talked about kybit versions. Is she, rather than a twin, is she a clone? And the only reason I wonder that is because in Citadel, right at the end, when Severian uh, goes to her, they talk about how the like intercom system or whatever in her apartment mentions that the autark has appeared. And we always assume that's Severian, but what if that's actually announcing Valeria? 
Well, yeah, I, I think Odillo that. actually calls her the Autark, right? Does he call her the Autark yeah. in Earth? Because, I mean, she does become Autark in yeah, Earth. Yeah, 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 on the boat. He calls her our, you know, oh, yeah. talking about, yeah. Right, right. But I mean, but, and so we know from Earth, yeah, that she she does serve as Autark. After yeah, she goes least. by the title I, Autark. People yeah. call her um, Autark. But I mean, like at the end of Citadel, oh, are, is she yeah, yeah, Autark yeah. to at that time? Or does the, oh. the thing, I don't know. I mean, they, that would be a big stretch, but... Um, but it just made me wonder as he was talking about the twin sister. I was like, well, maybe, hmm, maybe there's maybe an in some way they're actually, yeah. You know, I actually toyed with that idea in the book of the long sun for some characters that would have made more sense to me thematically if she were a, um, a, a twin and, or a clone or, you know, in some way the yeah. same. And I said, well, is it possible that you could take the X chromosomes from a man, double them and create a clone as a, who's a, you know, a woman. Hmm. So I'm not, that does not sound an impossible theory to me. So cool. also uh, Lord of Atlantis on Reddit thinks the idea that Severian married his twin sister, quote, fits in with the Pharaoh imagery from the story of Akhenaten, the Pharaoh who worshipped the sun exclusively and was depicted as an androgyne. Uh, the Egyptian royalty often married their siblings to keep the bloodline pure. That's pretty good. And that's it, right? That's comments we are low. So uh, for those of you who always want to skip past, you're going to notice that, hey, it's only at like the 10 or 15 minute mark or whatever. So um, if there are any comments that we've just inexplicably missed or have completely forgotten about and you were waiting to see and hoping what we'd say, please just send us a little reminder because we didn't mean to leave anybody out. I know there have been some like incredibly busy weeks where we haven't done too much, but if there right. was something that you really were hoping to hear and we either overlooked it or something, let us know and we'd be happy to bring it up again. Yeah, we are not perfect. So, no. or if there was <laughs> one you thought was genius and we were both like, eh, and then <laughs> we'll, give, we'll, we'll give it another shot. We'll give it another yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of times, you know, when I'm reading it, I think that's, well, that's really good. I'm got, I, we'll have to talk about that. But then by the time it comes around, we've got 45 minutes of comments about the previous chapter. And I yeah. just, uh, the other thing, too, we had talked about this a long time ago about offering space for people to give like their own more extended theories. Um, like I know there's a couple people right now who we've made jokes like, Oh, you should go do that on your own. And they're like, challenge accepted. And so I wonder if there's some way, you know, the, um, they might be giants used to have a little phone oh, uh, yeah, number. The call people in would thing. call in and they would leave, <laughs> leave messages. And well, um, you know, if, if you want to record something, we could do that. And then we could just, they could just paste it right up. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the big issue is it's not the recording to tell you the truth. It's the, it's the editing. But uh, if you, if you have something recorded, yeah, we could put it up in a, um, uh, a curiositus earthus library. We have to think about how to do that. But yeah, but especially if you're someone who doesn't really use social media, because obviously we grab all this stuff mostly off of social media. Sometimes we have emails, but if you want to just record something and send it to us, then we'd be happy to see what we could do. Can't promise because yeah. we got to make sure it all you know sounds good and fits, and we can edit it in and everything. But if you want to, if you want to try, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. I would like to see it. Anyway, yeah, I could. I mean, obviously. I, I greatly feel nostalgic for the Earth List, for uh, being able to see all these crazy theories and illuminating theories in one place. You keep the crooks in charge.
week we have one new patron to thank, Noah Matajewski. Who you can tell by the clip is a new master patron. Um, he did the cool thing that patrons letting you do, just kind of pay all at once rather than having the weird monthly charge where you're like, what did I do? Why is this little $5 thing on here every month? So if you prefer to do it that way, Patreon has made that possible. But again, thank you to everybody who has continued their Patreon support because we've got more coming. In fact, we just recorded another Borges story for the patron episodes that should be coming up pretty quick with a few more wolf connections we think we found. So again, thank you to everybody, journeymen and master patrons. And remember, even if you just want to peek in there to see what's going on, you can sign up for a single month at $2. We don't want this to be prohibitive, but we also just really appreciate the help. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, on to. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, we're in the middle of, uh, of a story and we just kind of dropped it uh, at the end of last chapter. So we need to get back on it and finish things up. Time to finish the chapter. That's right. Chapter 20, Pictures. Continued, I guess. We, we started part of it already. But. That's right. That's right. We have to just move forward now. Um, and it'll be a lot more comprehensible, I think, without that section we did last time. Right? We, we moved on in closets, and we really didn't resolve everything having to do with closets. No. Just the yeah. first few paragraphs of this chapter are still him finding his sword. And so we we had stopped with the the pair of the one that's I, I was a whole man again, or rather more than a man, a journeyman of the guild. Yeah. Why do you think Wolf ended that way? It's a it's a strange kind of clipping. Is it did he have some uh, some obfuscation involved in this? That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. I mean, I mentioned how I felt like the way that the last chapter was sort of intentionally overemphasizing reflections and mirrorings mm-hmm. and and things and to finish before he finds the sword maybe emphasizes how it's still about the place that he's mm. in whereas now you get to and then he got the sword uh, uh, but okay. i don't know if yeah. that's if that's over i mean but i can certainly see how other people might be like yeah that's kind of over reading it though yeah so um but yeah other, otherwise plot wise like as far as sus- like why the suspense of doing it i mean maybe it's just kind of a nice beat to be like, and I was still looking. Or <laughs> yeah, know. but there's no pictures in, I mean, I'm always very impressed with the way Wolf structurally uh, lays out these chapters. Um, either the chapter title doesn't have anything to do with what's actually going on in this story. It's going to, it leads into where we're going next, or it reveals something that you maybe you didn't know was the, what was important in the chapter. Yeah. So anyway, this uh, chapter, chapter 18 was called Mirrors, right? And mm-hmm. then the last chapter, chapter 19, was simply called Closets. And mm-hmm. this one is simply Pictures. Yep. Yeah, this is a theme we're going to continue to follow for a while, right? really until the play, maybe until after the play, if you consider the play, you know, carrying this on. Mm-hmm. But this is the last of the three chapters that simply a plural common noun. Mirrors, closets, pictures. Each is a kind of doorway, at least in this context. Yeah. So last time we read the beginning of this chapter, and now, like I said, we're going to finish this one. Severian found Terminus Est in the broken down closet, and he's feeling like he's back on track. It's still night. Also, he's wearing his mask still. Mm-hmm. Uh, next task, find Dorcas. 
Yeah, almost literally, because the next this paragraph we're starting <laughs> with says, my next objective was to rejoin Dorcas. Yep. That's right, exactly. And he doesn't know where the theater troupe is, except that they are supposed to perform at the Thiasis in a garden. And now he was marched through a garden, but he figures there's got to be a lot of gardens in this place. But, you know, he thinks he could go outside in the darkness and look for the garden. And he's as camouflaged in his cloak as Praetorians are in their special armor. But who would he ask for directions besides Praetorians? And then when the sun comes up, actually, he says, the eastern horizon dropped below the sun. And then he'd be in the light and the Praetorians would find him and he'd be back in the antechamber. He could have stayed inside. Apparently no one would challenge him. There's lots of security outside the grounds, but there are no internal checks for people who manage to get past the firewall. And maybe if he stayed inside unchallenged with all the people he could encounter, maybe someone would be able to direct him to the thiasis. So He'll wander around the house absolute and ask everyone he meets, where's the thiasis? And he figures that like any decent party, there's going to be an execution at the party and he'll tell everyone he's the Carnifex. And when he left his room, he got lost. Yep. So by the way, we should note too, the point here about the earth turning below the sun. Yep. Just another moment of that sort of recognizing that the sun is permanent. Right. It's the center and the earth is moving around it. Yep. Yeah. So he goes up the stairs at one end of the hallway with the doors and the antechamber and the cavern with the chimes. And then he turns down a different hallway that he hadn't noticed on the previous floor. This is longer and, quote, more sumptuously furnished. And just thinking about the sort of layout of this, it seems somewhat intentionally designed to be confusing, like, mm-hmm. um, because he's talking about another, just a hallway I hadn't noticed before where it's like, I thought we were really paying attention to hallways and doors. <laughs> um, you know, I thought that was kind of what the whole point of a lot of the stuff of the last chapter, but yep. So here's something else that's sort of strange and dreamlike about this place. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't notice the closet before. Now he didn't notice the, the hallway. Oh, and by the way, this totally off direct topic, but somebody posted that not in any of our things, but I came across this. Uh, sort of horror found film thing mm-hmm. that was super disturbing, but it definitely felt a bit like kind of what I imagine um, a very wolf thing to be like. It's called it's a call. It's called like the back rooms or something like that. But huh. it's this weird thing where somebody like wakes up and, of course, they're just carrying a camcorder, but they're in like this office, like an empty office space, like a building before mm-hmm. anybody's moved in. But he's wandering around, and it's like that sort of creepy, you know, room office rooms without any cubicles or anything in them, but it just goes on forever and he can't find his way really. And it's all mysterious. And then there's, of course, there's some weird monster, but the way <laughs> that it's done is all totally dreamlike when you're having a dream that you're, you're in a place and you've got to get somewhere and you can't find your way and you get lost. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll have to send it to you cause it's, it's oh, yeah, super yeah. creepy, but, um, but it did, <laughs> there was some aspect of it that really felt like, you know, wandering in the labyrinths or, or something like that. And it really captured that sense of, of just being lost. Right. And, you know, this is kind of interesting. Um, you think everything is is very structurally mirrored, like we were talking before. And this is a different hallway that kind of juts on this floor that's different from the other floors, right? Yeah. 
And on the walls of this hallway are, quote, dark pictures in gold frames. The hall could uh, is, is pretty dusty and all. It could really use Rudison's picture cleaning, tinder, loving care. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're going to get to that in a minute. Well. <laughs> Between each picture are pedestals with urns or busts or, quote, objects for which I knew no names. And that's that, by the way, is one of the few moments in Claw, it feels like we've gotten of that sense that we had way back in the first part of Shadow where you just get the sort of collection of weird objects like we talked about the architecture in nessus of just being this sort of mass of things that were so weird that he didn't even really know what to call them sometimes right yeah we haven't seen as much of that now that he's outside the city but now that we're back in house absolute he's there's a bit more of that kind of aesthetic yeah there's writing he doesn't really understand there's objects in that room beyond the mirrors that he doesn't really get yep and remember this corridor is longer than the ones he's been before. So each door located in this corridor is separated by the others by 100 paces. That's 100 feet or steps. So each one presumably leads to a huge room behind it, but each door is locked. The door handles are made of some unknown metal and they're shaped like no door handle he's ever seen. They aren't shaped for human hands. Well, that's just that the rooms on this level weren't intended for humans either. Yeah, maybe, right? Like that's that's one of, I've, I wondered about this, just sort of like, looks like they weren't made for human hands. Like I actually feel like some of those weird hotel doors that were popular about 10 years ago where it was like the, just the lever or something. I was like, these things right. are made for human hands. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. But the I I do, and that could well be, you know, Inere, or it could be that there were aliens mm-hmm. here, or it could just be, again, him totally misunderstanding like the point of what he's looking at. Or, yeah, or what sure. Um, but the idea that he's in a place now that wasn't intended for human hands, um, it could sound metaphorical, but it could also just be literal. And what I like is, the sense of not exactly knowing what Severian means by that here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we shouldn't jump too quickly to the notion that, oh yeah, he just, he means cacogens or something. It's like, well, remember, especially thinking first time you read the book, that that's a weird thing still to say, because we haven't really seen aliens. We've seen the hints of creatures in the wall, right. but otherwise we, and we've seen Baldanders, but otherwise we haven't, we haven't seen, you know, BWO, um, yeah. We haven't seen, or sorry, BFO. So what would that mean for him to say that? Does does he mean it literally? Does he mean it jokingly? Yeah. It's, well, it's he has seen weird... like animals that are like uh, soldiers for the Autark. Yeah. So oh, it could well be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, but one thing we know uh, for sure, uh, he doesn't seem to have encountered these door handles on the levels below. Right. Right. So remember, he's still in Father Aniri's wing, right? It just occurred to me that uh, Severian encountered false Thecla in this wing. And I'm not saying she or Odello aren't human, but, you know, it's just a fact that both are now associated with Aniri yeah. as they are, as much as they are with the Autark, right? Yeah. It's false Thea? Is that the earth? False Thea, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, false Thea, yeah. She's a mirror image of Vodalis's Thea. The hallways are mirror images. Odello's encounter with Severian, I say, is a mirror image of Valeria's encounter. I I think we should, you know, watch out for any references for mirrors in the story and also in the structure of the story, because we're still in Father Aniri's wing. Yeah. 
Why? Do you think we're going to come across more mirrors? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Severian walks down the hallway for what seems to him to be about a half a league. A league is how far you can walk in an hour. It means that Severian wandered down this corridor for what felt like half an hour. It doesn't mean he walked for two miles, I think, but it's still a really long hallway of pictures and knickknacks. Mm-hmm. And who should he come upon but Rudison himself, cleaning yeah. pictures on a stepladder with a sponge. And get this, at first, Varian thought it was a man sitting on a stool. But no, now he sees it's a stepladder. And I think this is a subtle acknowledgement that Rudison is taller than normal, at least. And it, it could well be that I, you know, in the fact that he might be an exultant, I mean, he's dealing with all the sort of, you know, aristocratic level of stuff, mm-hmm. certainly possible. I also think it's interesting because to me, it seems instead like what he's suggesting is that his perspective changed as, as he got closer and farther away. Like, um, like to me, it seems like thinking it's a man sitting on a stool would be different from a, a guy really tall because what that would suggest is at first I looked and it seemed like he was maybe 30 feet away from me but then the closer I got I realized that he was initially like 200 feet away from yeah, me much farther like away that. yeah right which is which is a weird sort of you know funhouse mirror kind of playing with perspective like he's shrinking of the closer you walk to him. right right which also I mean we're gonna the rest of this chapter is of course going to talk about how the room where he meets the autark is in fact sort of all kinds of forced perspective stuff going on, but it could well be that the thing that he's moving in here is also, you know, the, the distances are not what they seem, that kind of thing. And, and that's why, you know, we're, we're gonna, the story will catch up to this, but you know, Rudison doesn't even seem to really recognize that he's in a different place. Right. Or at least he says. Yeah. 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 And when he talks to Rudison before he talks about how, you know, there are galleries that spread all the way and, and even suggest sometimes that the library, um, one, that the library could expand all the way to the house absolute. And I think right. we even talked about how one of the ideas might be that if you follow underground in the library, you might actually get to the house absolute. Mm-hmm. It's just so extensive that it's this massive underground thing. And this little image to me ties back to that by suggesting that something about being in these kinds of corridors really do just have no normal sense of distance and time. Right. Now, now granted, he's still going to be in the house absolute when this happens, but um, I do like that idea that there's something about, we know that corridors can mess with your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you walk in the right corridors, then something here about walking through corridors may well also be messing with space. Well, this could be like another more of those corridors like you have underneath the Citadel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, and also, uh, Rudison ha- remember, has those oversized hands. He makes mm-hmm. a, yeah. it makes, a, makes a stepladder appear to be a stool. It's been suggested that Rudison is Father Aniri in disguise and that maybe, you know, Father Aniri checked in on Severian in the form of a baboon. I think it has been proffered that Father Aniri is Zadkiel. So if mm-hmm. Rudison is a shapeshifter, it, you know, it's possible that when Severian sees him from a long way off, he is big, but then as he gets closer, Rudison steadily shrinks until, oh, oh, oh the stool is a, a stepladder. Yeah, and I know one thing that's probably going to bug people, because I know it bugs me as I think about this, but but is how much we can apply 
eventually what we know about Zadkiel from Earth of the New Sun to what we're going to see here. But uh-huh. I think we always have to kind of, if we do, we also have to also think about, okay, well, how does New Sun stand by itself? Because we just don't really know if Wolf had worked all that stuff out about, about Zadkiel yet. Right, um, right. If you, well, but, if, but at the if very, you, if very you least. If you this in, then you have to say, well, he, he, yeah, he thought about all this in right. advance. And if you don't, then you say, well, it's, you know, it looks similar, but that's not what yeah. it is. The one thing that is true, though, is that when we see Zadkiel here, the point about size is emphasized, right? Because the one thing he is going to say is that he's looking at Zadkiel, but he realized that what he was really looking at was something massive. From oh, that's in the next away. chapter. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's but that is actually part of the right because he's just far away right he looks like he's small but he's really Mm -hmm. very 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 big yep yep right so uh Severian addresses him he says excuse me he he wants to ask directions he doesn't recognize him yet but Rudison is has a very good memory of his own and though it's been over a year since they last talked he says know your voice don't I and then Severian recognizes him as well so Rudison asks Severian if he ever found Olten. He says it was a short time ago, which suggests that Rudison might not be on the same time stream that Severian is. Yep. yep. And Severian says that he found Olten and corrects him that it was a long time ago. Rudison appears peeved at that and says, quote, I didn't mean today, but it wasn't long. Why, I recollect the landscape I was working on. So it couldn't have been that long. And Severian is still remembering that picture just as every reader does if they remember little else. Mm-hmm. Brown desert reflected in a gold visor of a man in armor. Now that they're both talking about art appreciation rather than relativity of time, Everything gets friendlier. Uh, Rudison says, exactly, exactly the one. Want me to show it to you? It come out very nice. But Severian says, you know, we're not in the same place, (laughs) Master Rudison. That was the Citadel. This is the house absolute. But Rudison ignores him and is still looking for it. And this could be interpreted as Rudison's forgetfulness. But remember, he just recalled Severian by his voice a year later. Or it could mean... That for Rudison, the Citadel and the House Absolute are not strictly different places. And there are reasons to believe, you know, like you said, the library and the picture gallery extend from the Citadel to the House Absolute uh, in some way, even if it's not via Euclidean geometry, you know. Mm -hmm. Come out nice. It's down here a ways somewhere. Those old artists, you couldn't beat them for drawing, though their colors has gone off now. And let me tell you, I know art. I've seen armagers and exultants, too, that come and look at them and say this and that, but they don't know a thing. Who's looked at every little bit of these pictures up close? He thumped his own bosom with a sponge, then bent close to me, whispering, though there was no one but ourselves in the long corridor. Now, I'll tell you a secret they don't none of them know. One of these is me. To be polite, I said I would like to see it. I'm looking for it, and when I find it, I'll tell you where. They don't know, but that's why I clean them all the time. Why, I could have retired, but I'm still here, and I work longer than any, except maybe Alden. He can't see the watch glass. The old man gave a long, cracked laugh. (laughs) So let's see. Uh, Rudison is always working longer than anyone, except maybe Alden, who can't see the clock uh, (laughs) to know when it's time to punch out. Uh, There's a picture of Rudison in one of these uh, pictures, but he doesn't identify it. 
you know, just as people can be other people in this book, it, it, you know, it may be weird in various ways. This remark always recalls something to mind in the book of the long sun, or rather a scene in long sun recalls this one in long sun. There's a painting by a famous artist of a girl uh, that marble always lies about and says it's her. And all the female household Kims all look alike. So, you know, it's a credible lie. <laughs> and I say this lie is true in a sense, but that she does lie and calls it a lie points to another drama going on that almost everyone else misses, I think. And we'll get to that in nine or 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> We've also talked about how long, long and short sun attack this idea of like identity much more complicatedly and straightforwardly than a lot of the stuff. And that's right. Like yeah. it's, it's always suggested in new sun, but it's actually, you know, it's actually a plot point and yeah, right. In later stuff. Okay. So anyway, uh, Severian changes the subject and says that there are performers who've been summoned to the Thiasis and asking if he knows where they're being housed. He's heard of the place, although apparently he's never been there. The green room is what they call it. But he, can't take Severian there. There's no pictures there, so it would be out of his jurisdiction, I guess. But he has seen a picture of it, which is something. And he says, come and walk a ways with me. I'll find the picture and point it out to you. Yeah. And we have to mention that, you know, I haven't seen the real room, but I've seen a picture of it. We're, mm -hmm. we're about to find a place where yeah, the room is a picture and the picture is a room. So, yeah. Weird. And presumably he's taking him to that picture just so he can end up in the room, right? You would think that's so. yep. kind of his job. And one thing I like too is the metaphorical thing kind of going on here is uh, it is still about identity. Um, it's a little bit more about different kind of like we had the reflections and the mirrors and things, but now it's kind of moving to a different register where it's like, well, what's the difference between you know an image of something and the thing itself? Like, but mm -hmm. it, one thing that I think. And this goes back to to sort of one of my big things I like about this book is that the actual that the image of something or the story about something or to use what he says in the very beginning, a symbol of something actually is the thing itself still. It shouldn't be that it's that a representation is just like a copy of something. It, it ends up that that representation can somehow create the real thing itself. That's right. Yeah. Point yeah. is, we're going to see that with Zadkiel, right? When he, he shows him a quote unquote picture of Zadkiel. Um, yeah. And then the same thing happens here where a picture of a room ends up being the room itself. So it's a weird thing where the mirrors are mirrors work <laughs> or pictures and, and pictures and images and stories almost work like mirrors where they, they show you the real thing um, itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, knowing Brutuson as I do, he could be saying that he's led Severian to the picture of the green room, or he could be saying he'll lead him to the picture of Rudison himself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Severian assumes the former, and he says he'd prefer if Rudison took him to someone else who could guide him to the green room mm -hmm. uh, rather than lead him to a picture of the place he's supposed to find. And Rudison says he can do that as well, and that Olton has a map somewhere in his library. And he says... That boy of his will get it for you, uh, presumably uh, of the House Absolute, the, the map of the House Absolute. And he's talking about uh, Kaibi, who, of course, no longer is very boyish. So which, once again, gives you this idea of time 
uh, you know, that Rudison's not really uh, on the same lo- timeline as the yeah. rest of us. And also that he might be older than he looks, right? Mm-hmm. Also, there are a lot of things in the library uh, knows about, but doesn't know where it is. And Severian can tell that he's, quote, confused. I- I'm making quotation marks around the word. <laughs> Severian says, this isn't the Citadel. How did you come to be here anyway? Did they bring you here to clean these? And Rudison says, he said, that's right. That's right. There's a logical explanation for everything. And don't you forget it. Mm. That must have been the way Father and Mary wanted me to clean his pictures, I think. So here I am. He paused, considering. Wait a bit. I've got it wrong. I had talent as a boy. That's what I'm supposed to say. My parents, you know, always encourage me and I draw for hours. I recollect one time I spent all one sunny day sketching in chalk on the back of our house. Okay. So Severian asks who it was that told him he had to talk about his childhood. And he says, why, Father Aniri, cocking his head up to look at me. Oh, who do you suppose? Uh, Craig, I think you should mark this moment. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the, I mean, this is one of the coolest sort of straightforward, you know, giveaways that, hey, something else is going on. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> I had intended to save my curiosity surface for later, you know, like the end of this chapter. But I think it will be easier if we just unveil it here. Okay. Curiositas Urthus. We point out that Rudison might be seen in his exultant with his long hands. But right here, we can see that Rudison is looking up at Severian, who is not exultant height. The scene at the beginning of this chapter is that Severian thought that Rudison was a figure on a stool, but as he gets closer, he sees it's a stepladder. And this implies that Rudison was very large when Severian first sees him and shrinks down as he approaches so that, uh, you know, a stepladder no longer looks like a stool in comparison. This chapter is called Pictures, and Rudison claims there's a picture of him somewhere, but we never see it. We will not encounter this picture in this chapter, but I say we will encounter it in the next chapter. If we were just taking this book chapter by chapter, this would be a problem. But since y'all have already read the book, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Everyone who's read this book knows what is coming up. Severian is going to be shown a picture, 3D picture, of an angel whose name is Zadkiel, though no reader of this book will ever encounter that name or his significance. This gives some insight into how much of this story, Craig, I think that Wolf considered and deliberately occluded. So, even though we Book of the New Sun readers don't know who that picture Severian will be shown is of, we are given enough information in this chapter and the next to guess that Rudison is, in some way, that being in the picture. So how did he come to be in House Absolute? He says, Father Aniri wanted me to clean, you know, his pictures. So here I am. And it's as simple as that. Aniri wants him to be here, and here he is. I think we have enough information here to combine it with some of the information about Zadkiel and Earth of the New Sun, that Zadkiel can pinch off a piece of himself to act independently to perform various purposes, or for Zadkiel just to dispose of it. And If you want to understand how this can be, think of the mainframe in the Book of the Long Sun, how a program can generate demons and 
processes that can maybe possess people while still existing on the mainframe. Zadkiel is like that. And the knowledge that Rudison is Zadkiel and that Rudison is summoned whenever Father Aniri wants him to be, so that for Rudison, no time has passed since he met Severian, and he's not clear that he's now in a separate place. So it's Father Aniri pinching off Rudison, and therefore Father Aniri is Zadkiel as well. And that's how monkey-faced Aniri can be a baboon checking up on Severian and all this stuff about the childhood is a cover story. That's what he says, right? He's been instructed to tell people about this so that he has a legitimate human background when he's moving about in the world. And I think understanding Rudison in this way will help us comprehend the other stories that Rudison tells us about himself. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So... I go in a different direction, but let's let's follow your idea first for a second. Let's let's play out. So this would have Iniri and Rudazan and Zadkiel be part of the same sort of hyper connection, same person. I mean, yeah. Or even hologram, right? Like a hologram. Yeah. I mean, that's that's we've talked about holograms where you know a part is the same as the whole thing. And of, we also know, right? We we get the whole little story in the Brook Madrigo in Earth of the New Sun about how the little tiny fairy Zadkiel says, you know, oh no, I'm just a part, you know, sometimes yeah, part he didn't of me. Like, he, 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 didn't, he didn't want this part of me, so he cast me off. And yep. so now he runs around on his own. Yeah, in this in that weird liminal space. So we know that that's kind of how Zadkiel works. That also fits really well with how, yeah, with how the sort of holograms that we're going to see work. And what are we literally going to see of Zadkiel in a minute? A hologram, right? So, mm -hmm. um so there is that. Well, maybe that, maybe he's looking into space. I mean, maybe we mm -hmm. have to really think, talk about that. But yeah, yeah, he might be seeing a a, a piece of of him, you know, kept in the book. But sure. I, that's kind of the way he described it because he describes the pages and mirrors themselves. Yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah, but any, but either way, that part seems to work for you, uh, for for what you're saying here. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think that's kind of cool um, because it also does kind of solve the problem of well, like who is Rudazin by himself if he's really just kind of like a part of of some of the yes. thing. Um, so that's cool. And also it does give, I mean, if Anire is Zadkiel, that kind of makes sense, right? Because Zadkiel seems so powerful and controlling so much in Earth of the New Sun. Um, and and if it also kind of makes sense that in order for the Yasadis to really do what they do, they've got to have some kind of connection to each other across all this time and space and dimension that they do. And, you know, if, if you're all just pieces of one bigger unit that, that helps. <laughs> right. So, so, <laughs> anyway, so anyway, I kind of, I like it for those reasons. Um, I guess I have a couple problems with it um, for my own sense, because, and this is more of a subjective thing, but I just don't get the sense that Rudazan is smart enough if that makes sense. Um, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I agree. And yeah. the reason why is more that it seems like what he's doing here when he talks about that thing of like, no, 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 wait a minute, I was wrong, um, is that first of all, he's never really good about lying about himself anyway. And then <laughs> um, and then when he, he sort of gives the thing, because honestly, the way I read it, that when he talks about the thing where he's like, I had talent as a boy, that's what I'm supposed to say. My parents always encouraged me and I draw right. for hours. To me... I was wondering this time if what he's doing there is mixing up a different backstory that he's supposed to tell at different times, which is when he's supposed to be the painter. 
um, that their Rudizend is not just, you know, cleaning the things, but he's actually being when he's supposed to maybe play this role of fetching. So Rudizend might well be this sort of stand-in guy or creature that Inira uses for different things, maybe. Um, now, I don't necessarily have a better explanation for who or what Rudizend is, other than just being some kind of, you know, helper that that mm-hmm. Inira uses. Um, but that's one thing that kind of led me in a, in a different direction, just a little bit to think, well, well, Rudizend is just, he's sort of in areas, Aaron boy, but he doesn't really quite know what he's doing. Um, now, one other thing I just thought about those big hands, like that, that he talks about that, that might go more toward the idea of, um, if, if he is like an area, then having those big, large hands could, seen as ape-like in some way mm-hmm. um yeah that, that it does he doesn't specifically call them simian or monkey-like or anything but but they're long but they're, they're long, long. You, yeah you, you kind of you get a picture of them they kind of, kind of make yeah. you think so that that does work that maybe yeah that rudison is in um in in some other way yeah so i mean so what do you, so what's your, what, what's, what's your alternate, what's your alternate idea? My alternate would, would really just be that Rudison is just sort of a functionary, but in, he's a weird functionary in this sense that he's, mm-hmm. he really is sort of an errand boy of an area who's in this case, yeah, sent to, to get Severian to, um, to the Autark. And that maybe because he's part of an area's weird back world thing maybe for as far as Rudersend is concerned he really is in the same time and place that they just were right and that that mm-hmm. he's you know in areas just kind of pulling him in different points say okay now you go do this thing over here um, well, do you agree that he's a that he he is offering severian a backstory for some reason it's not or Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it's the real story, but he is being specifically told he has to say things mm-hmm. about his. Yeah. But it, why? But and then why? Why? What is? What would be the value at this point for saying okay? And when you see Severian, tell him that thing about when you were a kid. And yeah. They, and that I don't like. I don't that part. I don't really get like why. Yeah. I I don't have a good explanation for that. I also I I don't think I have a good explanation for explanation for that even if he's sad killed like why why yeah. would he be well because he needs a whole he needs a he needs a, a he needs a, a childhood story he needs a life story yeah well that works for um, that works for yeah all of but them. yeah I, I, I do agree he's not he's not he, you know he's not a real competent um uh, functionary yeah. you know even <laughs> as, but you know he's a, he's just a very small piece he throws off yeah it could <laughs> so, be i mean it does yeah. seem like the little fairy critter the little fairy part in in earth and right. also isn't as particularly powerful although it's it that one seems to know a lot more mm-hmm. um and it's very specifically like a small version of, of the bigger thing right and and true to be honest they we're we're just shown all kinds of weird stuff about zadkiel even in earth like okay well why does he have to grow a part of himself and why does it seem like it has to mature and why is it yeah right. I mean, all these these weird different things that that happen so um yeah who knows maybe rudizend is the uh the very aged ancient sort of daughtering <laughs> version <laughs> of, of instead of the the young zach who's you know, right whatever, yeah who knows um yeah i think the way i read it in general is probably 
at least at this point, um, without knowing all the stuff about Earth of the New Sun, it seems more to me like what this is, is it may not be Wolf having spelled out every little bit of the backstory about Rudison, but by making him say this thing like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to say this or I'm supposed to do it. It really gives you the sense that, oh, this is there's some kind of deception, mm-hmm. however deep and whatever being done to get me places in certain things like Rudison's point obviously right here is let's get you to the room where you're supposed to meet me right yeah well that is um, that well that is yeah i think that's yeah and so and then to, it may just be a really cool mysterious way to emphasize and we're gonna let you know that the messenger who's part of this is obviously playing a role and maybe sort of making him doddering and and you know saying a little too much is is mm-hmm. kind of just a fun way to sort of confirm that yeah there's something he's being well, there, somebody is manipulating now i mean i don't know i think the i think the zadkill theory is way more fun <laughs> so <laughs> and um but and the one the thing i really do think it has going for it yeah is the size thing at the beginning the size thing and i think also i don't know well i guess if if you buy in that that Rudison is just really confused and that the house absolute and the picture gallery are very bizarre places. Then mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, the size thing is just feel like a, a kind of a tell, but also, and- also that he says there's a picture of him here and we never see the picture. Mm-hmm. And that, just doesn't that that just seems like a tell yeah, especially <laughs> when part. there is a picture yeah it's, yeah he will the, see a picture yeah 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 and, i mean maybe he's the cowboy i don't know in the in the picture coming out but, <laughs> but no i mean it does seem like that that ah that's what it should be yeah it's like he is right. he is the angel creature um yeah it's it is one of those things where i feel i don't know i feel a little bit like if that is true it would be even harder to come to without knowing a whole lot more about Zadkiel. Cause otherwise it's not, it's not at all fair. Is it? It, yeah, does, it gives you the idea that that Wolf doesn't even care whether yeah. we know what's going right. on. Because here, the only way that you could make any kind of connection with that is, Oh, well, okay. When the, when he opens the mirrors, he talks about how it seems bigger, but mm-hmm. it looks small cause it's up close. So that's the only sort of immediate connection. But then but we don't have anything at all, right, about pieces, like about the Zadkiel and having pieces mm-hmm. of different right. things, right? We have the hologram talk, which, and and this being a hologram could suggest that, but I, I just tend to think there's no way you would make that connection if you didn't have Zach and the little fairy of Brooke Madrid. Right, I, yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. think, yeah, I yeah. don't think, yeah, it's, it would be impossible to, even I, even I yeah. could not <laughs> derive so much story from so little if I didn't have Earth of the New right, Sun. Right, right. But having that there, I, I'm i I'm with you. I think that there's a lot of things that lead to this, the, the, yeah. that suggest it. I just, yeah, it depends. It's, yeah. How are you going to make those arguments if you want to try and say, well, the clues should be just in these four books and and Earth can just confirm things? Yeah, exactly. Then, That's the way I want to do it, too. Yeah. I don't like the idea of saying, well, you know, we now know from Earth. I want to I want to derive the, this information yeah. from the book yeah. itself. Of course, that's not really possible, I think, from, uh, you know, with the Apupunjau, for example, yeah. I yeah. don't think. Um, some people say that they figured out that the earth was going to be flooded uh, when the new sun came. And there's a lot of hints in that, but I just don't think anyone could come up with that in exclusion of anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is the, yeah, 
there's the the symbols which suggest something about a flood, but right. some, but otherwise, yeah. But so, yeah, I like it. Otherwise, at this point, I don't have a solid explanation of who Riddison is. But I, but I feel like as I read it, the thing I feel like he is supposed to be doing is making you really get confirmed. Oh, yeah, there's a conspiracy. Um, yeah behind yeah. in it from a different sense going on right but yeah. otherwise you, you, you should not be surprised when it when uh Zverian ends up where he didn't expect no no but i if if nothing else i feel like this definitely is a way to really see an as um connected to what we end up understanding as the asadis later on yeah and, and right exactly i mean it's i think it's pretty clear that he is connected to them anyway in here but this is just the fact that you can come up with this theory so well is is seems to me more reason to think that yeah yeah it doesn't hurt so let's see back on it back on that horse so rudison is leading severian to the picture of the green room and also coincidentally the picture of himself i say and also to the autark who can give him directions to the green room. They turn left down a narrow hall. It's barely lit at all, nearly dark. There are still pictures on the wall, but you can't stand back and look at them. But they are all big pictures, floor to ceiling pictures, wider than Severian's arms stretched out. The sort that you expect to stand back from to appreciate. Really bad pictures though. And as we'll see though, these pictures are carefully curated. Severian calls them mere daubs. They are intended, as we know, as a kind of camouflage. So Rudison says of Father Aneri, senile, that's what they say. Been vizier to I don't know how many autarchs since Imar. Now you be quiet and let me talk. I'll find old Olten for you. <laughs> yeah, be quiet, Severian. <laughs> and remember, he's looking for Olten's map in the house absolute now he's going to talk about the picture of himself that's somewhere around here i guess if you believe him so he says an artist a real one came by where we lived my mother being so proud of me showed him some of the things i'd done it was fetching fetching himself and the portrait he made of me hangs here to this day looking out at you with my brown eyes i'm at a table with some brushes and a tangerine on it I'd been promised them when I was through sitting, so I became an artist myself. Pretty soon, I took to cleaning and restoring the works of the great ones. Twice I've cleaned my own picture. It's strange, I tell you, for me to wash my own little face like that. I keep wishing somebody would wash mine now, make the dirt of the years come off with a sponge. So, yeah, taking this story at face value, it undermines my theory completely that the picture of Rudison is that 3D mirror fish image of Zadkiel. So fair enough. I still think I'm right. I think it has to be. But I think we've already signaled that what Rudison says of his childhood is rehearsed fiction. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a way to think about this as sort of a, I don't know, another story of maybe Fetchin is Inire and Inire found mm-hmm. this yeah. this guy who was part of his plan or something. I don't know. I mean there's there's all kinds of other ways to to sort of possibly see analogies to what these stories are. But um but also yeah it's it's weird like I mean this seems like a really elaborate backstory now, right? Yeah. Like if yeah, we're thinking yeah. about like if Rudison is being straight here or or at least even if he is just sort of oh wait no that's what i'm supposed to say you know like if he's doing this this is getting more and more elaborate 
um, with all kinds of details. Of yeah, go through the Earth list. There is so much debate and uh, and digital ink being spilled in order to figure out what the heck is going on with this tangerines mm-hmm. and the and and Rudison and Vetchin. Yeah. I mean, tangerine is like the forbidden fruit going on and there's like, yeah, yeah all kinds of biblical stuff that's that people have pulled out of it. And, and I have to say too, one of the first mysteries that kind of got me hooked on the earth list was fetching. It was like trying to mm-hmm. figure out like, ah, oh, it seems like, cause I was always fascinated by like made up famous artists and stuff. So I was <laughs> like, oh, this, who is this guy? What's he, what's he do? And what's he about? Right. And it was always so frustrating how little detail there was, but yeah. But I think there is some, I mean, I don't think Fetchin is just made up. It seems to me that uh, Casdo, you know, back at the cabin, mm-hmm. they, they get a reference to Fetchin, suggesting he does. He is someone who exists in the real world. Seems to be. Now he could be yeah. a Nere under a different style, right? Uh, yes. Even, yeah, even yeah, Fetchin yeah. was supposed to be right when we get the story about him going after the girls. He was always right. You know monkey handed yeah he's a, once again yes uh, that's another uh, another fetching aniri theory yep. is that aniri is fetching yep. specifically because of those monkey like whatever yeah so. absolutely whatever uh theory anyone comes up about this it doesn't deny that there isn't also a separate layer of truth going mm-hmm. on and I, you know like i said i admit i don't know what that second level is so in my opinion there is truth here mixed with the, the phony backstory. He claims there's a, a picture painted of him. I agree by Fetchin, I suppose. But why is Fetchin significant? I don't know. Even if you believe the story of Bruce's youth, you know, um, I've yet to be satisfied by any explanation. I, I offer this as evidence that I don't just whip these stories up about, about, about everything on the fly, although I appreciate why it's probably seems to a lot of people like I do. <laughs> but there's also the truth, like like you said, we never see Rudison's actual portrait. We never see any actual Fetchin creation. That's like, right. Yes. Um, yes. And so it may be the thing that we are seeing actual Fetchin creations all the time because they're what Aniri is making happen. Like maybe his mirrors or yeah. are, are these all the ways of talking about Fetchin or sort of hmm. metaphors for talking about and and his mirrors making well yeah well, that kind of fits something. in with my my theory what mm-hmm. if uh what if Aniri is fetching and rudison is the portrait mm-hmm. so Interesting. i don't know Interesting. anyway what rudison is supposedly uh, taking him to see again is the picture of the green room although it's value is dubious but severian has gotten really into it or maybe he just wants to change the subject and not talk about rudison getting his picture painted as a child yeah. anyway they've arrived the painting is of a garden quote bordered by high hedges with a lily pond and some willows swept by the wind a man in the fantastic costume of a Yanero played a guitar there as it appeared for no ear but his own. No one's listening to the poor Yanero playing his guitar. A Yanero is a South American cowboy. Uh, the Llanos is the, uh, the vast tropical grassland plain east of the Andes in Colombia and Venezuela, the northwestern part of uh, South America, although a Yanero is a cattle herdsman on that plane. But in this case, I don't think the picture is any specific location. It's just a cowboy playing a guitar. And behind the cowboy, quote, angry clouds 
raced across the sullen sky. The painting is impressionistic. Severian isn't a fan. He says it's of that, quote, irritating kind which dissolves into mere blobs of color unless it is seen as a whole. <laughs> which, so, just for a moment, that idea that it's it's a whole that's made up of things that they have to be the sum of their parts, but mm -hmm. the difference with the hologram and with what Alton talks about and things that have been repeated is that in the really cool things and the valuable things, even the tiniest part contains right information about the whole. So there right. is that difference here between the way he describes this painting as being kind of meh <laughs> because it, <laughs> because it's not complete in that sense. It doesn't yeah. sort of have microcosm macrocosm going on all the time. And uh, is Gene Wolfe, the author, poking a bit of fun at himself in that this book itself is of that irritating kind of story, which dissolves into mere blobs unless you view it as a it whole. It could be. Yeah, it could be more about vision, right? About how you look at something. And, and you know, I, I guess if you're a serious if you're a serious theor theory monger, then actually every little piece does have all the information, right? Yeah, like trust everything. me, it's irritating. Yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> but, that, but that would be different, like, right? It'd be the story where, no, everything really is connected to everything else in some way that it, that, right. you know, a, a true, if you really, really, really believe every theory that every aspect of Wolf's thing is completely thought out, then it's supposed to be more like a hologram where everything yeah. really is thoroughly 100% integrated. Exactly. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know, maybe he's kind of, yeah, poking fun of at people who, you know, don't do that <laughs> or something. <laughs> we could be poking fun under his own book, though. Could be. Right? Yeah. This book is of that irritating sort. And it I don't know, maybe a... it could also be simpler and that Wolf just really didn't like pointillism or impressionism. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I actually don't know what kind of like paintings. I don't remember from yeah, his I'd like to know that he ever talks about it. I'm going to cheat and add one thing in here while I'm editing, but it also just hit me that, of course, he could be describing a blown up photograph, right? Where each little part of it looks like a little color blob until you stand further away. So it could be that he's thinking here more of photography, again, like we talked about with the, the moon photograph before, or painting. Uh, we're not really sure exactly what Severian means when he says it. So Rudison says that after he gets a good look at the picture, they can go to the library and look at Alton's map. Uh, probably the consensus is that the library and House Absolute are connected. Maybe there's evidence that I don't remember at the moment. But personally, you know, I don't think Rudison's comments here confirm that. I, I think it's part of his confusion over being winked out of existence in the Citadel and then winked back into his existence here at House Absolute. They all work. Anyway. Oh, just, just one more little thing. Just This is a little bit of a stretch, but his job is to clean all the images and the paintings, right? Well, maybe mm -hmm. his job in the meantime is to like keep cleaning the mirrors, keep them clean so no, that, yeah. that whatever is shown, is, I don't know, that, that's, that's a stretch, but. <laughs> well, it'd be a good job to put him to work yeah. doing anyway. Yeah. He's a good cleaner. But anyway, because this is an impressionistic painting that's best viewed from a distance, Severian backs up to see it better. You know, he, he keeps backing up and then suddenly realizes, hey, this is a narrow hallway. How am I backing up so far? And then 
he realizes that he's standing in the painting behind him. And it's not a painting, though. It's a room made to look like a painting of a, quote, dark room of ancient leather chairs and ebony tables. And then he tries to look at the corridor with the painting of the green room and sees that it's gone. There's just a, quote, wall covered with old and faded paper. Rudison is gone. And this puts him on his guard. Without thinking about it, he pulls his sword. He thinks he'll try the door in this room when suddenly a short man in a yellow robe enters through it. He has white hair brushed back from his rounded brow. His face might almost have served a plump woman of 40. About his neck, a phallus-shaped vial hanging from a slender chain. And Severian certainly remembers that penis-shaped vial. He remembers the pimp, the androgyne, uh, smiling and showing it to him in the house azure and smiling like a creep. And he remembers this pimp. The pimp says, I wondered who had come. Welcome, death. Severian tries to keep it all business. He's on mission. He needs to bluff his way to the Thiasis so he can reunite with Dorcas. He says, I am the journeyman Severian of the Guild of Torturers, as you see. My entrance was entirely involuntary. Actually, he'd like this guy to explain to him how he got there. Of course, Severian doesn't know it yet, but this is the Autarchs. To Severian, he's the pimp of the House Azure. To Vodalus, he's the mole in the seat of government. The Autarch says, Concealed doors are scarcely an original invention, and this room is just a way to hide an open door. The room that he's standing in is shallow. Even if Severian is standing in it, it's shallower than he thinks it is. It's an optical illusion, like the kind where you walk on one side of a room and you look like a giant, and then you walk on the other side of the room and you look like a Lilliputian. The angles on the floor and ceiling converge. The wall of the back of the room is smaller than the opening where he entered. Now that he knows the trick, he can see that it's an oddly shaped room with, quote, a slanted and trapezoidal ceiling and a trapezoidal floor. Even the furniture, the chairs are flattish and odd shaped. They're not useful for sitting. The tables are as narrow as boards. And along with that, they use monochromatic lighting to make the room look artificial enough to make it look like a picture, especially beside all the other pictures. It totally fools. And I think when we were you know, in the first episode of The Tale of Student and His Son, I got excited to talk about the Alfange that, and so excited that I failed to define a trompe. I have no idea how to pronounce that right now. Trompe l'oeil. Trompe l'oeil. Trompe oh, yeah. That's it, yeah. Which is referred to in that initial passage. Um, a painting like that is intended to be hyper-realistic, to look so real you could reach out and touch it. Well, this room is the opposite. It's supposed to mimic a painting, but it's a room you can walk into, and it's designed to look deeper than it is using you know perspective tricks that you might have seen in a funhouse or a circus or a carnival where people look big on one side, like I said, of the room and small on the other. So once we see how how sort of the force perspective and everything affects that, going back to Rudison, right, it could be that maybe the hallway was doing something like that and Severian just didn't really notice it. 
right? Like it a, could could be a suggestion. Could be, but wouldn't that make but wouldn't that make Rudison look big or or small and I, the, the, yeah, the ladder I, look big and small? At the same I'd have time? to figure out the logic of it exactly how it would work. <laughs> yeah, because I I think it would like what he actually saw would be backwards from how something like that was supposed to maybe. Work. I don't know. Yeah. And I when I think of that, I always think of like you know there, there's that cool one little scene in Willy Wonka where they start walking down a hall that's like that. And all of a sudden they're giant. And they're, right. Like, right. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, the opposite happens with, with this. So I just say that cause it, it does seem like that could be another suggestion um, about, you know, yeah. how to solve the Rudison problem, but it does seem a bit like a, uh, like maybe a red herring, <laughs> you know, like if cause maybe Rudison, there really was like we were talking about, maybe he really was right. changing something. Well, yeah, and it could be, you know, that, that Rudison's growth or uh, apparent growth or, and shrinking is, you know, kind of a foreshadowing of this room itself. Yeah, yeah. I also like that doing this, that pictures, now we're seeing how pictures seem to work here. And it seems like pictures here are rather not sort of like fake copies of things, which is how I think the normal idea would go, that, that a picture of something is just not as good as the original. Whereas mm-hmm. instead, what we're seeing here is that pictures actually hold a different kind of truth that when you're, when you see past the illusion side of it, that there's a whole other world that's going on in the pictures. And I, I like that because what he's actually done here is get basically pulled into the the second house, right? Um, yeah. This is just part of the, the whole hidden house of the house absolute, which is all the back, the back door stuff where all the real things happen. So exactly. And this, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about how images are kind of symbols this is kind of more of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Where the, the the symbol is real and the and it's designed to look like the symbol. Yeah, it's designed to look just like a picture of a room, but you find out that oh no, it really, it really is a room. And even if the room itself is weird looking, that's that's because what it's really doing is taking you to that other open door, mm-hmm. wherever the autark was, and right. all the stuff that we're going to learn that it can sense and all that kind of thing. So so the reality is in some ways, even though initially this looks like a sort of fake room by being all weird trapezoidal and forced perspective and whatnot, but really you're actually in the more true house absolute, which is where mm-hmm. the Autark lives. Right. The second house. Right. Yeah. And uh, when Severian drew his sword, uh, the Autark says, but I actually, I think this is a lie. The Autark says that when Severian drew his sword, the room detected it and the wall behind him that led to the hallway closed, shutting him in so that he could be arrested or questioned. But in fact, he didn't draw his sword until he saw that the door had closed. Um, and on the other side of the wall that uh, uh, that closed is a wall with a picture that the one that the picture that he thought he saw painted on it. Yep. But yeah, that is an important point. I think that, yeah, the autark does seem to lie there. Yeah, 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 exactly. To yeah. Lie. Which that's... We got to wonder, like, why? And and maybe it's to hide something else about the room, well, just or, to, or to hide how much he's being manipulated. Like, uh, oh yeah, you're. Um, we haven't been watching you oh, yeah. this whole yeah, time. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. And Severian is really impressed with all this, though, uh, particularly about the room knowing that he carried a weapon. But the full answer to how it does is beyond the Artark's technical expertise, if you believe 
that isn't a bunch of hokum. But part of it is that the entrance has some metal strands and that they can detect certain metals that are associated with weapons. But it's more than that, of course, because it only reacts when Severian arms himself with it. And all this technology and subterfuge make up what is called, Craig, the second house. And I think the idea of the second house is like this novel. There's a surface story, then then there's a larger secret one, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, you know digitized channels. Uh, like I mentioned before, a, a T1 line can carry you know 24 simultaneous conversations in the same wire, and each channel moving across the line as if the others don't exist. And that's the way the second house is. It's it's like when they say that. You can't say, quote, where the house absolute is because, you know, when you're there, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. The same is true for the second house. You don't go to the second house. It's all over the house absolute. Wherever you are, right beside you is the second house or you are in it. Yep. There's a whole lot of, by the way, of land across that seems to work on that same kind of thing. It's like whatever weird government conspiracy that's going on, you're always part of it, even when you yeah. don't realize, right? <laughs> like, like we're not going to put people in prisons. It's actually just you're just going to go live in somebody's house, which which right. will now be your prison or something. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. But there's all that that kind of idea is all over land across. Yeah. Right. And this architecture was designed by Father Aniri at the instruction of the first autark, Emar, the almost just. And uh, let's see, uh, the second house, the idea behind it was to create a secret place within the walls of the house absolute, and rather than a suite of concealed rooms that could be discovered and attacked, and nearly designed a hidden house that is, quote, everywhere coextensive with the public one. Severian says... Um, but you are not Father Aniri. I know who you really are. And he takes off his mask for the first time since the beginning of uh, the last chapter. Mm-hmm. So he says, do you recognize me? And Severian knows exactly who he is. He's the pimp at the House Azure. The autarch is like a second house himself, right? He's a second autarch in one Level, he's the pimp of the Citadel or an agent of the Vodalari. But on a secret level, he's the Autark. And the Autark says, you came but once. You didn't like the Kaibit then? And I must remind you, Craig, that I think Severian's mother is in the Autark and that he ate her. And the Kaibit, not, I say, just a clone of Thecla, but a Thecla clone of um, as one of just an ancient line and the very image of his mother. So this merging of the Autark and Severian's mother is a real piece of work. Gee, son, didn't you think I was pretty? <laughs> and that's how I say it. Hmm. Severian says, uh, she pleased me less than the woman she counterfeited, or rather I loved the other more, which based on the reaction of the false Thecla, when Severian thinks she looks credibly like the real Thecla, Probably makes her very happy. Um, Severian says that he's lost a friend tonight, but this, quote, seems to be a time for meeting old acquaintances. He says, quote, were you summoned from House Azure for the theasis? I saw the fake Thea a little bit ago. And the autark nods absently. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and there's a weirdly angled mirror in this room. Remember, everything in this room is oddly angled. And it's set above a... Tremo, 
on one of the side walls. A trameau in architecture is a wall between two openings or a column and a great door. And that's the definition lexicon earth is, but there's only one door in this room. And I just don't think that's probably a large double door. I think instead we're talking about a piece of furniture, a dresser, or sometimes a writing desk with shelves on top that are enclosed in double doors. And that's what I think it is. If that matters. Interesting. Uh, in that mirror, he can see the autark's profile. He says it's delicate as a cameo. So, um, a cameo is, of course, is, is like when you have a little raised, carved profile of mm. someone. I, I think this is a uh, a little hint to the reader that this is the autark, and where Severian has seen the autark before previously uh, is on that coin that he got from Vodalus, where the coin that looked like mm. it might be a woman, yeah. Yeah. right? And so this is just a little signal that this is the autark. Anyway, uh, Severian decides this guy, this pimp from the House Azure, is an androgyne, a hermaphrodite, literally man-woman. And, oh yeah, you know what I think. And after he decides that he's hermaphrodite, he feels pity for this little fellow, sexually alienated in a world of binary sex, opening the door to men night after night at his establishment in the Algedonic Quarter. Remember that Severian is young. He's the narrow imagination of a young man who's never left his little hometown outside of about two weeks ago. Of course, Severian himself is now a hermaphrodite, isn't he? Yeah, that's sort of like the biggest irony in the whole, yeah. in this whole little section here about where, how he's talking about it is that, oh, he's, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and if he knew that this was the autark, Severian, Severian would be less pitying since he knows the autark can get all the sex he wants. In answer to Severian's question about whether he's going to the Theasis, the Autarch says, yes, I will remain here for the celebration, then go. My mind was full of the picture old Rudison had shown me in the corridor outside. And I said, then you can show me where the garden is. I sensed at once that he'd been caught off guard, possibly for the first time in many years. There was pain in his eyes, and his left hand moved, though only slightly, toward the vial at his throat. So you have heard of that, he said. Even supposing that I knew the way, why should I reveal it to you? Many will seek to flee by that road if the pelagic argosy sights land. <laughs> the autarch drops Vodalus's code word, uh, the sign that he has to give him Vodalus's metal thing. Well, so look, I'd love to merge this chapter with the next one, uh, one night, because I, you know, I think they go together, obviously. Uh, we're still talking about pictures, but, you know, y'all are just going to have to wait because we're done for now. Right. But, well, one, one thing that we can add is that, um, and it's interesting to me that he doesn't specifically mention here, but it's not until the next chapter that, right, Thecla's memories kick in and mm -hmm. he realizes also who he's talking to, right? So up to this right. point we don't have Severian identify him as the autark yet. Um, even looking at his image, right? The first thing he sees is more of this profile. He sees him as the androgyne. He sees him as, you know, possibly your thing about his mother, that there, that there, there is that. Um, so that's, I'm at this point, I'm still not exactly sure what to make of that because it seems like what you'd really want to be doing is being like, Oh, it's the autark. And then he says, 
that word, right? Like that would right, be, right, even, right. it seems like that would be a more, more sort of traditionally dramatic way to do it. But instead we get the Vodalist reveal first, then he's going to sort of realize who he is in that weird sort of way that Wolf often does, which is sort of slowly do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but you know, a reader, well, I guess we, our, our first time reader would know, right. That this is the autark. You know? Nope. Not yet. Not it's in the yeah. next chapter when he talks about, you know, so when, he wouldn't be thrown by the fact that he doesn't recognize him because he's got uh, Thecla's memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but instead, that's that's kind of the way he builds it up. So it could just be for you know good dramatic suspense or something. But I, I need to think about this before we talk next time because I actually I I just get the sense that there's something else that it's pointing to by doing mm-hmm. it in that order. So. Well. We certainly hope that you will reach out to us with your ideas and other comments, thoughts, corrections, and complaints, and that you will bring them to us on the Facebook group, the subreddit, Twitter, email, Instagram, YouTube, and the Patreon site. And you can find out how to do all that in the show notes. And then, you know, leave in that review on Apple Podcasts and tell your wolf-reading friends. And until you hear from us next... May the Moira favor you. See you soon. So won't you please say hello to the folks that I know. Tell them I won't be long. They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go, I was singing this song. We'll meet again. Don't know where. wrong i was wrong i I swear i saw i did a search and i thought oh yeah cameo cameo but it was so that would have been so perfect it It would have been ideal yeah i would have loved it (laughs) see i proved it but (laughs) no all i have to do is make up my own evidence (laughs) that that is the easiest way started part of it already but yeah oh no no we didn't oh yeah yeah we did we did oh okay take that out take that out (laughs) that was weird it like switched to my other Headset. Hold on one second. I'm, and now my mouse went away. Appears <laughs> to be as tall as an exultant. In fact, mm. I, don't, I don't even believe that anymore. Hang on. Well, it could be that. I mean, it, it well, I'm gonna, let, let me say it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But I, th- I have yeah. something different. I think it's different. Okay. By the way, do you hear? I hear nothing. You hear? Okay, good. Sam is upstairs doing so the, the football team sent him his like workout routine that he has to do uh-huh. and they sent him an extra ab thing that he's he's doing like two times a day so he's upstairs wow. doing some kind of crazy thing yes. <laughs> but he's he's having fun he feels all he feels all special and important which is awesome yeah is the one that's very ins- uh, no i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna do that again hang on <laughs> sorry it, all the uh maneuvering Get cards from one game system to another. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. I, I went and looked at another Word file. And I have about, let's see, I appear, have seven Word documents open on my computer because that's <laughs> the way I you know, am. 
Okay, so I have, this is totally different. I've started trying to use Scrivener rather than Word. Have you ever seen Scrivener? No. It's like, it's a it's a simpler word processor that lots of writers will use because it's specifically made so that each file uh, has like separate files on the left that you can organize and do in different ways. And it's actually kind of cool because it's like, you can put all your research stuff hmm. in like especially for writing like for academic stuff and essays and for writing the wolf essay it's really nice because you can have all the stuff like if you want to quote something or just have quotes ready it's easier to sort of put them there in like a separate file but that's all accessible on the left um, hmm. instead of just like way down in the you know in the file so it's not yeah it's not that's a cool it's yeah, not like amazing that. but it's just slightly easier i'll check it out i should check it out the 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 what crap what's the painter's name ah uh, uh, oh fetchin 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 thank you um but when he's i he's drama making the mess of this 